The following audio is from Grace City Church in San Diego, California. More information about Grace City Church is available at gracecitysd.com. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the Beautiful Gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms, and Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood up and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple, asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Let's pray. Dear God, we pray today that as your church, we would hear this message and see this miracle and that it would lead us to believe more and trust more in Jesus of Nazareth. God, would you help us to believe that you can do a miracle in our lives, saving us from our sin, God, helping us to trust in you. Those are incredible miracles. God, help us to trust you more as we hear this message today, as we read your word. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, church family, thanks so much for joining us online today. I appreciate your flexibility as we work with our weather. Um, Just being able to to worship together right now is really important. And so I just thank you for joining us. Uh, Today, we're going to continue in our series in the book of Acts, and we are in Acts 3, 1 through 10. And in this text today, here's what we're going to see. God's healing. God's healing. Growing up, I would go and visit my grandparents. As a child, me and my brothers would go over there and my uncle uh, lived with my grandparents. Now, my uncle is mentally handicapped. And growing up, I didn't really realize what was going on, the differences that, and the challenges that he was facing as a child. But my grandmother tried to explain that to me and my brothers. One day, we were watching my uncle, and he was doing some things that seemed a little different to us, a little funny, and so we were giggling to ourselves as my uncle was talking and and doing some different hand motions. And my grandmother looked at me and my brothers, and she said, Randall, Stephen, Rob, stop laughing. She said, one day, your uncle won't be like this. He'll be with Jesus and he'll be healed. No more handicaps, a new life. Now, my grandmother is a woman of faith. And as a Christian, she knew that God was going to heal my uncle. See, we live in a hurting and broken world. And many times we don't understand why. 
See, as a child, I didn't understand what was going on with my uncle and some of the challenges that he was facing. But as we place our hope in the gospel, we see that in Jesus, there's a better future. And that God sees our pain and he cares. So today, we're going to be looking at a passage of scripture that that really helps us to see the dignity that God has given every human life and how he cares for the least of these. And so our text is, again, Acts 3, 1 through 10. And just to give some context of what's happening here, uh, Peter had just finished preaching this message. There's a new church that's formed. And Peter and John are now going up to the temple for prayer. Now, this was customary for the Jewish faith. There were some different foundations of Judaism, which included the study of the Torah, worshiping God, and showing kindness to the poor. And this is why it says that the beggar in this passage each day would be strategically placed at the gate beautiful so that people would see him and perhaps be compelled to give him something. But little did he know that the day that he meets Peter and John, that God would radically change his life. And so the question we need to ask is this, from this passage, what can we learn about God's healing? And there are three things that we can learn today. The first one is this, we need to see a broken humanity, two, a healing touch, And three, a wonderful healer. A broken humanity, a healing touch, and a wonderful healer. And so the first one is a broken humanity. Here's what verses one through three say. Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. Now, what do we see here? Well, first we see there's a physical brokenness. Verse two says, and a man lame from birth was being carried. Now, what we see in the book of Genesis from the very beginning was that God created us good, perfect. But then as sin entered the world, there's a brokenness. There's a pain that comes in. And what we see is that pain is in this man's life. You see, from birth, he'd been carried and laid at this gate this of uh, the temple and he was lame from birth now was this god's original intention for humanity no but this is living in a broken world and tony marita who's a commentator on this text says this the man in view here is not simply broke he's broken he's physically crippled He's humiliated. He's hopeless. And to make things worse, he's more than 40 years old. Presumably, he lived this way 
for decades. You see, this man wasn't just outwardly broken, but he was inwardly broken. See, this was a broken request that, that he asked. See, the imperfect text of the Greek word points to the repeated appeals for money. See, it shows the desperation of this man who is in a place he felt like money was the only thing that could change his life. Maybe he was convinced that that's the thing that could, could fill him up if he just survives, that money could change his life. Now let's pause and ask, as we think about our own lives, what, what broken requests do we have that we think will change our life other than what Jesus can offer? See, in many ways, we're like this beggar because we can believe that money, a promotion, approval, that relationship, that that's going to change our life. See, what are we begging for that we think will change that emptiness inside? Charles Spurgeon once said, your emptiness is but the preparation for being filled. And your casting down is but the making ready for your lifting up. And so as this man continues day by day to live like this, physically broken, spiritually broken, God is at work preparing him, getting him ready for what's about to happen next. And so the second point is this, a healing touch. Look at verses four through seven. And Peter directed his gaze at him as did John and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. What's happening here? Well, Peter addresses the disconnect on what the man wanted and what he really needed. See, the man wanted money, but he needed healing. He needed to be a walking testimony of God's grace. And so how does this happen? Well, first, in verse four, it says that he's seen. He's seen. Look at verse four. It says, Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John. Second, he's redirected. See, his focus was on money, but here's what Peter says. In verse six, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. Third, he's lifted up. Verse seven says, and he took him by the right hand and raised him up. Now again, commentator on this text, Tony Morita, helps us when he says this. He says, this story highlights the need to care for the hurting people all around us. It's a sobering reminder that it is possible to attend religious events while ignoring the needs right in front of us. Another point of application here involves the apostles' care for just one guy. Just one guy. 
In the previous passage, 3,000 were saved. And from this switch and focus comes a new principle. Those who reach the many care about reaching the one. May God give us compassionate hearts for meeting the physical and spiritual needs of every individual. To see those who might feel lost in the crowd. You see, there are those who only see the crowd. But Jesus sees the one in the crowd. And what we see of these followers of Jesus is that they cared for the one. And it was through the healing touch of God, through Peter, that helped this man. See, what this points to next is number three, a wonderful healer. Look at verses eight through 10. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognizing him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate at the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. See what happened. Well, God chose to miraculously heal this man. In verse 8, it says that he was leaping up. He stood up and began to walk and, and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And so let's pause again for a minute. Let's talk about miracles. See, for some of us, miracles are hard to believe. But the Bible is full of them. See, we believe that God became man, call it the incarnation. That's a miracle. And every little miracle is meant to point us back to the greatest miracle, that God could even love us. See, we get wrapped up so many times in just praying for these outward miracles. But really, the reality is this, that this miracle pointed to the inward miracle that this man was saved. You're, we're going to see it later as, as he shares his testimony and aligns himself with the apostles. But it's, it's Jesus changing his life. And there is a deeper miracle than even the physical miracle that we see here. See, the physical miracle is temporary. But the inward miracle, that's eternal. That, that, that changes life. And so what we need to see here is this, that the miracle of this man being saved from himself and his sin is a miracle of grace. C.S. Lewis in his book called Miracles writes, miracles are a retelling in small letters of the very same story which is written across the whole world in, in letters too large for some of us to see. You see, the greatest miracle, all the little miracles that we see here, and there are miracles that happen today. There, there, there are, are things that happen in people's lives, but ultimately, what is the point of a miracle? To point us back to the greatest story of all, to point us back to God, to point us back to the reality that we should be walking and praising God and being and wonder and amazement of Him. See, there will be people today that will tell you that they can do miracles. 
that it's in their hand and it's in their ability to do that. But what we see in scripture is it's never in the hands of that person to make it about themselves or to make themselves a platform. It is always for the glory of God throughout scripture. And there will be people who will be deceptive in this area. And so we need to stick true to God's word and see the greatest miracle of all is that he saved us from our sins. And so let's ask, where did this man's healing point? God. Verse nine, and all the people saw him walking and praising God. See, this healing was meant to point back to the greater, greater healer and ultimately the healing that we will experience as we place our faith in Jesus. Now this year, our friend Jack Warren went to go be with Jesus. Now Jack, many of you know, he was one of our greeters. He would be the one at the door every week that was ready to fist bump anyone who came through those doors. But Jack had suffered years previous to coming to Grace City, a stroke that put him in a wheelchair. And I wanna say, I really miss Jack. You know, many times Jack would ask me for prayer. He would ask me and say, Randall, could you pray for me that I'll be healed? And so we'd pray together that someday he'd be able to walk again. But here's the thing, it never happened on this side of heaven. But before I did Jack's funeral, I looked at some old pictures of him and saw Jack and heard stories about Jack before he was in that wheelchair. And here's what I know today, that Jack's not in that wheelchair anymore, but he's walking with Jesus. See, when we know that that is the future that we have, and it's not if, it's when. For Jack, it wasn't if he was going to walk again, it was just when. And now he is walking with Jesus. And so today we look at the wonderful healer who is God. And so just some takeaways. How does God's healing work in our lives? Well, number one, we have to see our brokenness. See your brokenness. Let me ask, do you picture yourself as that beggar? Friends, spiritually, because we might not be there physically, but spiritually, we are all that beggar. We are all desperately in need of God's grace and forgiveness. See, our sin has made us spiritually bankrupt. And I need God to reach out his hand to me. Just like Peter reached out his hand to this beggar. Because it's in God's reaching out to us and lifting us up that we find out what it means to be saved. See, it's God who saves. Salvation is of the Lord. And do you see that as a great miracle and gift for you today? Matthew 5, 3 says this, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Are you coming to God today needy? Are you coming to God today broken? Are you coming to God today saying all I have is you? Because that's when you're gonna discover the 
amazing grace that he offers. Timothy Keller once said, if, if you want God's grace, all you need is need. All you need is nothing. Do you come to God like that? Second is this, ask for the healing you really need. Ask for the healing you really need. See, as bad as suffering is in this world, our sin is our biggest problem. It's our biggest problem. Suffering is temporary. But our sin can crush us for eternity. And here's my encouragement today. Let God strip away the junk to get down to what really matters and what you really need in life. This past week, I was having a Bible study with some guys. And the book that we're reading in this section is talked about condemnation, about the crushing weight of condemnation that we can walk around with every day. That feeling of, here's the things that I did, here's the things that I didn't do, and the weight of that task list that just crushes us. And it was like we had this light bulb moment as, as all of the guys started to share. And one guy in particular started to share about 2020 for him, this past year. Started to share about some of the, the, the challenges that he was facing whether it was with job or whether it was just life stuff or whether it was just like contemplating his past. And it was like this wonder just took over as he just started to think on how good God has been to him, how gracious God has been to him. And then all of us just started to share stories about just how good God is. And he said, you know, it... it I started to see what I really needed and that I was ignoring God this whole time. And I needed God more than anything. You see, allow God to strip away some of that junk so that you can get down to what you really need because there are things that we think that we need that we don't need. This man thought he needed just a little bit more money. But what God was willing to give him was so much more. And so let me ask you this today as we wrap up. Are you hurting today? Do you feel like no one sees you in the crowd? Do you wonder if anyone understands? I just want to encourage you that this message is for you. This message is for you. Because Jesus is the great healer. Isaiah 53.5 says this, but he, Jesus, was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. With his wounds, we are healed. You see, today we're walking around, many of us, with wounds, with hurts, with pains. We see the hurts and pains that people are experiencing internally the suffering, the lostness, the loneliness. And today, what I want to point you to is this, that Jesus was wounded so that we could be healed. And so will we 
surrender to God, to ask Jesus to come in and to heal those broken places in our lives. Because ultimately that's the healing that we need more than anything, is that gospel healing, that good news. And I just wanna encourage you that Jesus is enough. And so let's look to him today and let's let him heal us from the inside out. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for the healing that you offer. I thank you that this story points to the one that was lost, lonely, broken, hurting, and that today you care. You care about us. Many of us, we feel like there's no one that listens. There's no one that cares, but God, you do, and we know that because of the gospel. We know that because of what Christ has done for us. And so today, I just pray, Lord, that you you speak to our hearts. Your Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts in ways that I can't, that your word speaks to what we're going through and that we are encouraged today to look to Jesus. We pray this in his name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this resource from Grace City Church. If you found this helpful, feel free to share it and enjoy more resources at gracecitysd.com. Grace City Church exists to equip people with the gospel for everyday life.